eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? Have you gotten wrong with yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Think that went about like we thought it would time. Not a not a great day, not a terrible day, but but not a great day time. Vols needed a great day time, didn't get it time. Still plenty to discuss time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls. It's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast, West Rucker. Coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a chilly, chilly late Saturday night, early Sunday morning here in God's Own, Knoxville, Tennessee, just a couple miles away from Neyland Stadium, where just about oh, a couple hours ago, Georgia, top-ranked Georgia, I should say, polished off a win over Tennessee, 41-17. to uh, Went about like I think most of us thought it would go. Um, you know, maybe... Maybe a little better, maybe a little worse in some cases, but overall about kind of like we thought it would go. Plenty to discuss from that game, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. And to do that, we're going to go across town to an undisclosed location and speak to the one, the only Patrick Brown since it is a, a game podcast. We usually get Pat on the post-game pods. Pat, what's up? Uh, I'm not sitting in a Taco Bell drive through right now, so that is unfortunate. That's true. You have you have only made a run for the Knox County border, as it were. So, here here we are, um, Pat. It, it was that game. A lot of people, you know, you get the number one team in the country coming in town. Tennessee's got some momentum going, obviously, from last week's win over Kentucky, a win on the road against the 18th ranked team in the country. Obviously, a different story. When Georgia comes to town, Georgia was a three score favorite for a reason. I think Tennessee didn't play. Uh, badly, really. Didn't play great, but didn't play badly. Uh, but when Tennessee plays about like most people think it should and Georgia plays about like most people think it should, what you get is a 24-point game, right? Yeah, I, I was thinking about this, last when I was driving back to my house. Um, it it kind of this kind of reminded me of the Florida game because in the moment it felt like the gap there was kind of big, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if you're Tennessee, you were in the game early, you had a lead, you know, they led at Florida, right? Mm-hmm. They led they led on Saturday. Um, but if you're Tennessee, you can kind of point to several different instances and say, okay, if we do something better here, 
where we don't do this, uh, it's a different game, right? Um, and, and certainly, you know, they they got in the red zone five times and scored 17 points. That's 17 out of 35 points they could have scored. So um, that was obviously, uh, you know, they had the interception that turned into a touchdown. You know, there's so many moments if you're Tennessee, you can say, everybody wants to talk about the gap, how far Tennessee has to go. Yeah, obviously Jordan has a lot more talent than Tennessee, a lot more depth than Tennessee does right now. But uh, just from a, a game standpoint, if Tennessee does X, Y, Z better, they're in the game longer. They maybe get the game to the fourth quarter and then, you know, see what happens, right? So that's just where, you know, that, that's just kind of where I'm at with this game. Yeah, I think that, and again, I'm I'm still putting the, the sort of the finishing touches on the, the post-game column I'm going to write. I've got probably about, 800 or so words of crap here on the screen. I'll probably end up with a couple hundred more words of crap, and then we'll, we'll call it a crappy column and be done with it. But one thing that I think we do need to mention here, and I think most people know this, but, but I think it's still worth mentioning. Heading into this game, Georgia's defense allowed an average of 6.6 points, 230.2 yards, 149.6 passing yards, and 13.2 first downs per game. Tennessee in this game scores 17 points, has 387 yards, 332 passing yards, and 22 first downs. So Tennessee doubled or nearly tripled a lot of what Georgia typically allows in a game. Now, that doesn't mean that it's great, but Tennessee scored more than anyone has on Georgia, had more first downs than anyone has against Georgia, had more passing yards. T- Tennessee basically did everything offensively better than anyone else had this season against that Georgia defense. But Tennessee also left a lot of points on the field, and there's no way around mentioning that, and I don't think there's any way around mentioning that this probably was Hendon Hooker's Worst performance as a Tennessee player? Uh, certainly, I, I mean, it, considering the the degree of difficulty, considering the talent of the defense, that may seem harsh. Uh, but, you know, no one had gotten to the red zone more than three times against Georgia all year. Tennessee gets there five times, and Tennessee only scores on three of those five times. And with Hooker at quarterback, they got there four times and scored just twice. So you don't want to pin the entire thing on him, but he just wasn't sharp. And I think Georgia has something to do with that, but, but I don't know that Georgia has everything to do with that. I just don't think he played a great football game. Am I, am I wrong there? Well, it's, it's, he was below the standard that we've become accustomed to seeing him. Yeah. From it, right. I mean, he's been playing at such a high level all season. And I'm doing this with the sword threats. If I cut in and out, everybody give me a break. Yeah, I got um, I got like a chest gunk right but, now going on too, so I, I feel you. But you, you you know, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, five plays that maybe he makes, maybe he you know if he makes them, if he doesn't make them, whatever. Um, you know, has the two overthrows in the in the second quarter, right? One was the interception where he just airmailed him. I think he was going to Bayless Jones Jr. and just airmailed it. Yeah. Um, and then he, uh, I think there was a third down where, where Bayless had had broke broken out on an out route was open, easy first down, and he airmails that one. Um, those are two big plays during the course of, uh, of the stretch of the game that Georgia took control of things. Uh, there's the two fourth down plays in the third quarter 
Um, I, I need to go back and I, I'm going to break that, that one when it was 24, 10 and, and Tennessee had gotten three and out to start on defense and, and, and drove it down in the red zone. Um, you know, you and I kind of talked during the game, so they had taken the points there um, because if you, you know, they ended up holding for a, a field goal on the next drive. If you kick a field goal there and it's 24, 13, you hold, hold to a field goal there. It's 27, 13. You're still kind of in the game uh, as opposed to 27, 10, but you know, that rollout play to the left, I think he, you know, I, I'd have to go back and watch it. I want to say that it was designed to go to Princeton fan on, on sort of a pick route, but it wasn't there. And then he held it. And then by that point, it was, there was nothing there. Uh, and he didn't, he didn't on that fourth down, another fourth down where he got rushed because Darnell Wright got beat. He didn't give his guys chance to make a play. And that's what you had to do as a quarterback. Right. Um, and then there was the fumble again, where they got in the red zone. Of course, at that point it was 34, 10, I think. I mean, you're, you're barely in the game at that stage, but those five plays are huge, right? I mean, you take those five plays and, and those five, play, those five plays go differently. You know, where is Tennessee in the fourth quarter? Right. So, um, and, and again, it, it's never all in the quarterback, whether you're doing good or whether you're, you're not doing good. Right. So, um, and, and we hear that from Josh Heupel a lot, but it's true. Um, but yeah, I think this was a game where we saw some things from hooker that we haven't seen most of the season. And, uh, and part of that I think is a credit to him because he's played just so well all season last. I mean, he's been yeah. uh, at such a high level and, and so efficient and, and making our decisions. It's been accurate. And all the things that they've asked him to do and tonight, I don't know if he just got rattled. I don't know if it was something mechanical, um, but he was just sort of a little bit off, um, but it was in some key moments. And, and, and Georgia, again, they, you know, this defense is pretty good. Um, and, and, you know, Tennessee, I think, had them on their heels a little bit early on, but once they settled in, um, you know, that they, they probably did what uh, they did, you know, they, they, they've done to everybody. So that was, um, yeah, I, you know, George's got to get some credit for it. But, again, I think Hooker's played so well for him to see. You know, this is really the first what bad game we've seen. Yeah. Maybe since Pitt. And, you know, that game, he still played really well enough to keep Tennessee in that game. But he also you know, had the two turnovers, and, and they weren't able to finish a couple of drives there late. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's probably the worst he's played since he was first, you know, almost two months, right? Yeah. And, and here's my – you know, if you want to, if you want to nitpick, and I think Hooker has played well enough now where it feels more fair to nitpick when you've played as well as he has. I think that the standard becomes a little different. The floor raises a little bit, and 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 you're able to 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 you know sort of break this down like you would if you're talking about a really good player because that's what he's been. He's been an excellent player this year. You know, an All SEC caliber player. The, the criticism that I have of Hendon Hooker, the biggest one, and, and it might be the only one, really, is that I don't love his awareness sometimes in, in big moments. And that, that is something that for Tennessee to even get to a point against some of these teams where you have big moments, that's a good sign of progress for the program, right? I mean, no moral victories, but still moral victories. It, it is what it is. But there are times where, you know, like we talked about earlier on those fourth downs, you have got to get that ball out of your hands and get it to where your receiver can at least try to make a play on the ball. It's not like a second or third down where you throw it away and live for another down because there's not another down. You, If that ball gets intercepted, who cares? You might even give the team, the other team, worse field position if they intercept that ball. And if they take it 90 yards for a pick six, You know, whatever, that stuff happens. I I just think that there are moments like that uh, 
where, and again, that third and eight or or third and six and fourth and four sequence, two of the worst back-to-back play calls I've seen Tennessee have all year. And I got to be honest, I've loved or liked Tennessee's offensive play calling most of the season. Just didn't like it there. I don't know if they were expecting Georgia to do something different. I don't know what it was, but it just – I don't love right-handed quarterbacks scrambling to their left and throwing across their body in those big situations. Just don't love it, and I'm okay with running on fourth and six if you know you're going forward on fourth down, but the fourth down play calls, I just just really didn't like. But there's moments with Hooker where I'm talking about, like, if you go back to the the pit game, some of those big moments, like at the end of halves, end of games – I just there are times on fourth down you got to give the guy a chance to make a play. There are times where you have to know the clock and you have to know where the sticks are and you have to know when to stay in bounds and when to run out of bounds, when to throw away and when not to. There are just moments like that late in games where he's just NFL teams are not going to love that film because they're that game, that league, every game, every week is close and you got to make those plays. And that's just something he's he's played a lot of football, Pat. I think he's got to get better there. Yeah, and for those two play calls, I I, I want to withhold judgment. I withhold my quote take uh, until uh, I go back and, and watch the game because a lot of times we have to remember with this Tennessee offense, it's a read, right? Sure. Um, if it's third and six and, and, and Georgia has six guys in the box and you've got six blockers, you're you're running into that look, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were calling some of that from up up in the press box where it's like, okay, they're, they're sitting two safeties high, run it. You, know, you got you got five offensive linemen and a tight end. To, to block six guys in the box. So, um, and, and certainly I think that was the situation where you're probably thinking it's four down territory. You're playing the number one team in the country, you're down two scores. Uh, you, you, at that point, you don't know how many chances you're going to get in the red zone. So if you feel you've got a good call, then then you're going to go for it. And, and, and that fourth down play again, I, I again, I want to, I want to see how it developed uh, again. And, and I kind of watched the replay after it happened again, it looked like they were trying to, to get the ball quick to fan, but I agree with you in the fact that, uh, you know, if that's where it's supposed to go, you've got to go there quick. You can't hold it because if Georgia covers it well, then they're going to keep covering it, right? Like you've got to you know, flip the ball out there to 88. If he gets tackled two yards short, he gets tackled two yards short, but that's better than throwing in the end zone five, you know, 10 yards, everybody's head. Same thing on fourth down. Even if you aren't punt it, you got to, you got to give somebody a chance. Maybe you get a pass interference. Georgia was very handsy in this game as secondary. Um, they kind of got that Alabama style where they, they get away with a lot. Um, some, but, of the, you know, some, hey. some of that's really good coaching too. Like there's a way that Saban's been doing this for years well, you, where, you, where, where they get, they know how to hold and not get caught with it. Well, you, you push the envelope and yeah, you might do it on 20 plays, but if you only get called for it three times, then that's a pretty good rate. Right. I mean, yeah. so that's, you know, uh, yeah, that, that's those two plays. That, that's where I'm at. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, I, I thought going into this game, my concern for Tennessee's offense was, was that it would be, like Alabama, where they would it would sort of be big player bust, and they couldn't really run the ball. And um, you know they, they ran the ball pretty well in the first quarter when they were moving the ball pretty good. Um, looking at the numbers here, they had 61 rushing yards in the first quarter, then they had four in the second quarter, nine in the third quarter, and minus 19 in the fourth. Which yeah. that's a whole other thing. I wish college football would do away with counting the sack totals in the. Uh, in the rushing stats, yeah, but it's just stupid. But I mean, you look at, you know, Jabari small had 12 yards or 12 carries for 49 yards, right? Five carries for 14 yards. 
you know, Tennessee without the sack yardage only rushed for 96 yards on 3.2 carry. So they weren't running the ball really well. And, and when you're playing even a good defense, much less this one, uh, the Georgia Scott, it, it's going to be really tough. You're really easy to defend uh, if you're one dimensional and, and Tennessee got itself to where it was one dimensional in this game. And uh, so that's why as much as, you know, you get a better day from the quarterback, maybe the game is it's a little closer, longer, um, but that's we're not. I would say you you would agree that we're not saying that this game is like on hooker at all. No, no. Um, but there are certainly some moments I think he would like to have back, and, and other players too. And, and Tennessee as a team would like to have back as well. Well, yeah, it's just with Hooker. If you want to be, I mean, I think Kuyper's had him in the top ten on his his draft board. Which again, I I, I have some questions about that because I, I love just about everything about Hendon Hooker. I love the way he goes about his business. I love the physical ability he has. I love the way he is with his teammates. I love his maturity. All those things. There's just, man, if you want to be that guy, there's just there's just some plays that you, that you got to make. And, you know, if he comes back for another year, maybe more time in the system, maybe more comfort with some of the teammates, more time with Heupel, maybe he – picks up on some of these things. I, I don't know. We'll have to see. That's a long way from now. But I, I just I, – I don't think he played badly, but I think it's the worst game he's had as Tennessee starting quarterback. And the fact is Tennessee needed him to be great in this game because let, let's think about it. Tyon Evans cannot play, although I have questions about that because that kid's out there dancing around and running around before the game. And I have no idea what his injury situation is. But I know this, if you are not going to play in a game like this and it's because of like some sort of a leg injury, don't like be dancing around on the sideline. People are not going to people are going to take that the wrong way. So be careful, you know, with your image in situations like that. I, I don't know. And then Javante Payton, you know, goes down in the first quarter with a shoulder injury. And that's a, a guy who blows the top off of defenses. Not having him was big because Ramel Keaton played well, I thought, but Again, I think on a lot of those plays uh, that went to Ramel Keaton, I think there may be more explosive plays if they go to Peyton. And so just the, the difficulty, you know, you know, Jacob Bourne's out there, not really that effective because he's, he's hobbled. They're just, they're, they're dinged up and, and they don't, they didn't have their full complement. And even if they did have their full complement, that is, that's a tough matchup. They did learn from the Alabama game to stop trying to run in the damn A gap because they didn't run at Jordan Davis a lot. They were smart about that. So they tried to scheme up some stuff. Uh, and I just – Hooker was okay, but he had to be great in this game for them to have a chance, and he, he just wasn't great. Yeah, I, I mean, again, they're – you know, when Ty on Evans doesn't play, they've lost every every game he's not played in. So yep. um, he's a guy they clearly miss. Um, the running back – and the other thing with Evans is that he's their best pass protector too at, at – and I don't think it's close. And uh, a couple of the sacks they gave up in this game were down to the running back not getting the job done. So um, that's, you know, they, they miss him too. And, and the, the one play, uh, the biggest miss for with, with Peyton was, uh, I think it was the second quarter when they took a deep shot to, to Keaton. He almost caught it. He, I mean, credit to, to Ramel, he, he laid out for it. Yeah, that was almost a fingertip hell, on it. Almost a hell of a catch. But that was, I mean, that's a different play for if it's for Peyton. So that was a big miss. But Josh Eichel did say after the game that he thought he could maybe return next week against South Alabama. We'll see about that. We know how Eichel is with his injury updates. But yeah. um, you, you, this offense is – they've been successful over the past six weeks, really since the Florida game, 
Um, and Alex Golis, their offensive coordinator, mentioned this, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, but they kind of honed in on who their guys were, who their best personnel was. We saw them short the rotation at, at receiver. That's why you've seen Bayless Jones go off. Cedric Tillman had you know, 10 catches for 200 yards in this game. Uh, as he's just been cra- crazy productive. They almost need to Payton. worry about losing him now. Payton, I mean, Payton's the way guy, he's playing. Payton's a guy with six touchdowns. You know, they've kind of narrowed in on who their guys have been, and, and then you take two of them out of the equation. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of what we're talking about when we say Tennessee doesn't have a lot of depth because you take one or two pieces out. Uh, when, you know, again, they, they've, they rotate guys on the defensive line, but pretty much everywhere else, they don't really rotate a whole lot. So um, you take some of those pieces out of the puzzle, and it, and it certainly hamstrings uh what what they want to do yeah I do think just a couple more points before we go to break here I I think it's worth mentioning that you know I'm not I'm not being critical because I don't know the entire situation with Evans I just think it's interesting that it looks to me like you know I don't know how close he is to playing or not playing but you know err on the side of caution but he just he's out there running around before games and stuff like he's a guy who maybe could give it a shot. So I don't, I don't know. The Heupel said that was their decision. So we'll, we'll leave that there. I, I, I just, I think there was some times in this game. I love the toughness Jabari small has, and I think he's a really natural instinctive running back. There were at least a couple plays out there today where I think he left a fair amount of yardage on the field by just sort of not making the right cut. And when you're trying to beat a team like Georgia, every little detail like that matters. There's just such a small margin for error. And I think there's a couple plays on film he's going to want back and, and also just a couple of pass pros that he's definitely going to want back. But before we go to break, Pat, I think we need to mention, I said this just a second ago, you mentioned that Tillman went off again, 200 yards, 10 catches, which is like a month's worth of production for some receivers. He has that again in one game against Georgia and Georgia played its starting defense the entire game. Even when Tennessee had some of the second teamers out there late on offense, Georgia had its starters out there at for the entire 60 minutes. So everything Tillman did was against those guys. And he's almost starting to play so well now where Tennessee might have to worry about almost losing this guy now. Yeah, the thing with Tillman, I think he needs more time, more tape. Um, and you and I were talking about this before the game. If, he, if I'm him, I think you uh, – after the season, you're gonna you're gonna get feedback from the NFL because there's nothing to lose, right? I mean, yeah, nothing to lose. I think he's a junior. He was probably a guy that was thinking he was gonna play one more year coming into this year. Um, and, and if he comes back, he'll he'll be the number one guy. And you know, if, if he gets another year with the staff and this offense, he could put up big numbers as the number one guy. I mean, if he translated what he's done over the past what six games into a season, <laughs> probably be pretty. It's pretty big numbers there that would certainly get you attention and. You know, again, you go you go ten for two hundred on on Georgia. That's gonna that's definitely gonna get some attention. I mean, we saw what uh, what Josh Palmer did against Georgia last season, how that helped him. Um, so, but yeah, I I think he's probably needs to do it a little bit more time. And that's the same goes for Tyon Evans. I know there's some chatter out there about him, but what he you know is he going to be a one and done guy? Uh, what you know what his what is his future? I don't I don't know at this point. Um, but he's got 81 carries this season. I mean, that's – on one hand, if you're running back, you don't want to have too much tread on the tires, but this is a guy that hasn't – you know, he's not played a whole lot. So, um, if he wants to – for both those guys, I think if you maximize – if you want to maximize what you can do, then then you're not jumping after this year. But if yeah. Tillman keeps playing like this, I guess I guess maybe all bets are off the table. Yeah, and uh, and, and big news, uh, Joe, Joe Milton III hit him on a deep ball 
late in the game. Uh, that, that was that those two uh, famously uh, could not connect on deep balls early in the season, but they got one done late in the game today. So hey, that's some good stuff for Milton. I think there's actually that's. I mean, we're laughing, but I think that's actually the way Milton finished that game. I think could help him with confidence going forward because that was Georgia's starting defense. Maybe not playing at full tilt, but still some good things for him at the end of the game. We got a lot more to talk about, but we need to go to break first because we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about Tennessee's defense, a couple other quick odds and ends, and then we're going to get out of here. But before we do that, we're going to step away for just a second, pay some bills, listen to products, services, in-house ads, and other fun things, and then be right back here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Goval's 24-7 podcast, brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Patrick Brown coming to you from across town there at an undisclosed location here on a brisk, freezing uh, Friday night, or late 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 Saturday night, early Sunday morning, I should say. Does anything mean anything anymore? Is any day any different than any other? I don't know. Regardless, here we are talking Tennessee football. Lost 41-17 to to top-ranked Georgia on Saturday at Neyland Stadium. Lots more to discuss about this game and the next couple of games coming up. Also uh, mentioned some hoops, just a tiny bit uh, going into Sunday's game against ETSU. Tons and tons of stuff to discuss. We're going to get one more segment to do that. Before we do that, though, quick reminder, if you could take about a minute out of your day right now, Go in there and subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast. If you're just listening on the website, nothing wrong with that. Hey, there's no wrong way to consume this podcast. But what would really help us out is if you go in there on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can find a fine pod, cast a fine pod, you can find this Go Balls 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. The only thing that we ask for is that you go in there and rate and review and subscribe and tell your friends. I don't think that's too much to ask. Uh, for those people who are doing that, we appreciate that. Uh, for those who are not, go yourself. That, that's, our new, that's our new slogan. And we're sticking to it. So please, please, please go do that. That helps us out quite a bit. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Pat, we talked a lot about Tennessee's offense in the first segment, and I think the reason for that, that we let off with that, is because going into this game, that was the hope. Going into most games, to be honest, the hope right now is Tennessee's offense, that that even against an elite defense like Georgia, a potentially historic defense like Georgia's, there's confidence in Tennessee's offense that because of the unique style, because of the way it plays, because of the way it produces on a a week-to-week basis, 
that it could make plays. And it made some plays, but it also left some points and yards on the field, and that is disappointing. I think the conversation for Tennessee's defense is different because what we saw on Saturday was more or less, I think, exactly what we thought it would be. Maybe maybe a little bit different here or there, but Tennessee just does not tackle well in space, does not get off the field on third downs, does not make the big plays when it needs to, and doesn't consistently force turnovers against really good teams, and that's just kind of what they are, right? Yeah, and it kind of highlights, I think, the job they were doing before the past few games, right? I mean, yeah. Um, and it's it's sort of like uh, they're either boom or bust with the tackles for loss. I mean, the last two games they've had six tackles for loss, and it's probably the worst two games they've played in terms of how many yards, how many yards were play, all that stuff they've given up. I think they had three in this game. Two of them were sacks, um, and two of them were on George's, what, second possession? Yeah, back-to-back They plays. blew up Matthew Butler with a sack and then Amari Thomas uh, on a run play uh, that they got off the field on. So, um, And then what won the rest of the game, which was in the third quarter when they dropped eight, Rush three, Byron Young got home. Yeah, and it would have been it would have been four if not for that unfortunate horse collar call, which again people will go back and I said at the time, I thought it looked like a horse collar. The way that my social media feed and and, and our Go Voss twenty four checkerboard blew up makes me think that Maybe. Oh, it was a horse collar. I, I'll go back and watch it again because people were very – even someone I trust, like former Tennessee running back Aaron Hayden, was like, no, 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 man, that's not a horse collar. I don't know. It looked like a horse collar to me. but If you grab a guy by the back of the shoulder pads and bring him down, it's a horse collar. Yeah, I mean, I'll maybe we'll go back to the letter of the law because some people were just really adamant about that. So so I don't know. It's, we'll go back and look. But bottom line is that would have been another tackle for loss. That's, but that's a tough play. I mean, he's just trying to make a play. You're trying to grab – whatever you can. It's just a hustle play. I think that's one coaches can live with, but yeah, that, that, that was ended up being a three point penalty because, you know, they get, they get the, you know, if he doesn't horse collar him, it's intentional grounding towards punting from midfield. Still a two possession game at that point. Right. It's 24, 10. Yep. So, um, you know, and they, and of course, you know, they convert the third down after that. Um, and you know, Tennessee still got a hold in the red zone there, but, yeah, I mean, when this defense isn't getting people behind the sticks and create negative plays, it's uh, they're they're slowly bleeding. You know, they're not giving up a huge number of chunk plays. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like like last year where they would just have a bust and and it'd be a huge play. It seems like this year they give up huge plays because guys miss tackles or um, you know things like that, right? Yeah, Georgia, so, Georgia only had one run longer than uh, – two runs longer than 20 yards. One came from a tight end on a reverse when the game was already out of hand, which was an interesting call at that portion of the game. But regardless, that was only the second the, – the the Brock Bowers run was the only the, – the second splash run of the game for Georgia. Yeah. And then passing-wise, they had, I think, four passes longer than 20 yards, but none were longer than 23 three. yards. It was three, um, and none were longer than 23. You're right. And no, the one, longest, you're right. One was 19. One was 19. You're right. And the longest one was the touchdown to James Cook where they split him out wide and, and got him messed up with, with Solon Page. Um, so that, you know, they they do a good job of, of trying to stop the run, make teams drive the ball, you know, go on sustained drives, make you execute for – seven, eight, nine, ten plays in a row and take their chances. Maybe they get you in the red zone. But 
Uh, in this game, they're just not getting people behind the sticks very much anymore. These past two games, really, um, you know, that's six tackles for loss and five of them are sacks, right? So they're not making plays against the run. They're not stopping the run. Georgia rushed for 274 in this game. Um, so, you know, that that's that's just sort of maybe what the last two games we've seen from this defense have been maybe what we thought we would see a lot. And, and certainly we didn't think that nine games in the season, Tennessee would be leading SEC in tackles for loss. And um, they've sort of maybe regressed to the mean there a little bit um, over the past couple of games. And I think that's led to, to some of their struggles. That's not, you know, that might be oversimplifying it. There's still things they could probably do at each level. And certainly, you know, their linebackers and safeties have struggled all season. We, that's, that's not really a new thing. Um, they struggle in coverage. They miss tackles. Um, you know, they'll make a play every now and then, but it's like two out of five plays that they need to make, they, they make. So um, that's, you know, that's an area I think Tennessee certainly needs to improve um, from a, a roster standpoint as well. And, and sometimes they just, we talked about this a lot too. They just, they just don't have dudes. They don't have guys. They don't have racers, right? They don't have a guy who's going to, you know, you send him on a blitz and he's going to make a play. I mean, you compare their linebackers to George's linebackers. I mean, Nicobe Dean makes a great play to break up a third down pass. Those guys blitz really good. Channing Tyndall, who's their leading tackler, best Georgia defensive stat. I shared this with you guys last week. I did chance with, uh, I think I might've put it in the matchups, but their leading tackler is a linebacker who A, doesn't start, and B, is ranked 42nd in the SEC in tackles. So that just tells you how good this defense is. And that guy is a guy that, Sometimes they slide down and rush off the edge, and he's the guy that beat Darnell Wright for the blow up the fourth down play. So that's that's you compared their linebackers, Tennessee's linebackers, and that's a huge difference. And um, you know, I thought the Tennessee's linebackers' safeties had some good plays in this game, um, but you know they they still have the tendency to miss tackles and, and struggle in space, and struggle in coverage, and teams have been just over the middle of the field all season, and, and we saw that some today as well. Yeah, I think that that. We'll have to monitor how serious or not serious that Aaron Beasley injury is. We'll we'll see. He I don't know if he came back in the game. I don't think he did. Uh, that would be a big blow because again they just don't have a lot. I mean they would have. I mean they, they'd really be hurting if that if if that were a serious injury. But but it, it it's. I don't for one second doubt the the effort from those players. You know whatever you want to say, heart, grit, all that. I think they're playing very hard, and they are making some plays. And a lot of times they're in the right place. Yes, and but there are also, as you very, very, very accurately said, Pat, there are moments where they are in the right space and they just don't make the play, and I don't know that that's going to be fixed anywhere except for recruiting and the transfer portal. I just – I don't – there is a level – that I thought those veteran safeties could get to this season. I was just expecting a lot more, and for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. Uh, Theo Jackson has had, you know, a really good year. He's had some 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 busts here and there, but he he's made a lot of plays and he's done a lot of good things. And he's been playing banged up lately too. He's been doing a lot of good things. The corners uh, have, I think, done more good than bad. I, I just the safeties and those inside linebackers in space. When you're going against, you know, uh, a, a James Cook, you know, Brock Bowers, uh, you know, Adonai Mitchell, uh, Kyrus Jackson, the, you know, Jermaine Burton, Darnell Washington, they're just not going to always make those one-on-one plays in space in those games. And this is a space game, and you just have to make those plays. And that's why I, I'm a little bit more critical 
of the offense, even though I think it was more productive in this game. I'm a little bit more critical of them because they had opportunities to do some things and didn't do them. I think defensively, I don't want to say they're just not good enough, but I just don't know if they're good enough. And I don't think – I don't want to be demeaning or insulting or anything like that. I just don't think when you when you're trying to play a Georgia and Alabama, you know, even that like that Ole Miss offense, guys like Corral in space, that they just they're just not good enough to make those plays all the time. Well, and and the thing about this Georgia team is, for all the talk about the defense, this offense has been averaging 38 points a game, and they're playing what two and a half quarters basically before they empty the bench, take, you know, take the foot off the gas because they're just beating everybody so bad. Um, you know, this is an offense that, uh, you know, we talk about who Tennessee doesn't have. Georgia doesn't have a lot of guys on offense. I mean, they're missing pickings. Uh, a few of their receivers have been in and out. Had another one uh, go down this week, yeah. Didn't have their left tackle today. Uh, obviously, JT Daniels is a guy that a lot of people had big expectations for after the way he finished last season. And it's been Stetson Bennett, and, you know, they just roll who they got out there. Their best, you know, their leading receivers coming in this game were – freshman tied in and a sophomore wide receiver who's maybe six foot 185 that might be generous but that, that, fr- that freshman tight end is really damn good though he's really yeah. really good yeah he is really good and and you know i think that they're doing a good job with what they they do they, they've not run the ball really well this is probably the best they've run the ball was in this game today looking at the numbers they really you think of george you think they're running for 250 a game they really haven't done that for much the season um, but sometimes you just got to give them credit. I mean, I go back to I, to me the biggest defensive sequence was right before the half because Tennessee had, you know, they had struggled on offense, but they had been okay, right? They're still seventeen ten. Paxton Brooks hits a good punt. You back them up to the ten with about three and a half to go. Yeah. You're thinking if you can, you know, get a stop there or even just a field goal, it's twenty to ten. You're still in the game, right? Um, and I go back to two plays on that drive. Um, I think they converted a third and seven uh, when Adonai Mitchell, who's a freshman guy that he, he played at Cane Ridge, which is in Antioch, which is what y'all told me. Yes. He's not from Tennessee. He's from Texas. So he only, he moved and then played his season, senior season there. So let's not, Oh, Tennessee did recruit this Tennessee guy. It's not really how that worked. Um, but he's a guy that, that looks like the next really good Georgia receiver. He made a couple, some, some really good catches in that, that key stretch there, but, you know, he beats Delonte Taylor on a, on a route over the middle to move the chains. And there were two throws that, that Stetson Bennett made that I don't even think were great throws, but they just – he got away with them. He made a throw on the run. He's about to get hit by Byron Young. It's, you know, whisker away from, from Theo Jackson getting the finger on it. Um, and this was after they got a holding on second down. So second and 20. You're saying he had second and 20. You've got a chance to get out of the, off the field there. And he makes a throw there that Mitchell catches. They make it third manageable. And then the third down throw was so bad that Kamal Haddon gave up on the play. He had good coverage against Mitchell, but the throw on, on the hook route, the throw was so bad that he probably just sort of gave up on the play for a split second. Mitchell goes down and makes a great catch off the top of the turf. And then yeah, I don't he, know how many he, plays he, after that they scored. He, Sometimes the he other team plucked just that makes, thing. He plucked that thing. That was a hell of a catch. Sometimes the other team just makes plays, right? And, and there was some of that in this game. And, and if we're going to, talk about Tennessee's offense and say that, you know, Georgia's defense had a lot to do with that. Then if, you know, we got to say that this Georgia offense is pretty good. Now Tennessee had chances to get off the field. Um, you mentioned, and, and, you know, the, the post-game press conference with Heifel turned into a lot of talk about the offense and all those other things. And 
right towards the end, I asked about, you know, what do you think the defense said? Because no one talked about the defense. And, and those are the two sequences you pointed to. We talked about the horse collar situation with Young. He doesn't have that penalty there. You get off the field, it's still 24-10. Later into the third quarter, maybe you manage the game differently from that point. Um, but – and then the, the drive before halftime, I think, was was really key because up to that point, you had sort of overcome yourself, right? I mean, you led 10-7. Then you had kind of gone in the tank on offense in the second quarter. You would survive it. You, you had kind of weathered a little bit. If you get a stop there or hold to a field goal even, it's still – you know, that that was a big sequence to me. And – and on some of the and, and and on those drives, Georgia's made plays. I mean, they got the, they picked a matchup on the touchdown to Cook, uh, who's you know it's going to be a tough matchup for a lot of linebackers. So I think they hit him on a big touchdown pass at Alabama last season. That's kind of you know that's just what they do sometimes. The other team makes plays, and um, that's what happened in, in that sequence. That I think was really big for Tennessee's defense. But uh, the thing with this defense though is that at this point of the season, like your weakness, you're not going to surprise anybody, right? on offense or defense. The only thing that yeah, – They know what you're doing. Right. This offense will you – know, Tennessee's offense will surprise some people be just because a lot of people haven't seen this tempo, right? That will still get some teams. Um, Georgia's got the staff and the personnel to adjust to it. Um, they can play a certain way to where they can take away your run um, and, and make you one-dimensional and easy, easy to defend. Defensively, Tennessee's weaknesses, there's nine, now ten games of film on, on how to go at this defense. And – uh, the book is to go at the middle of the field, um, make sure you don't get behind the sticks and, you know, keep them from making plays in the backfield on early downs. You've got a chance to to move the ball and, and score points and uh, keep them on the field for a while, even though they only played, what, 70 plays in this game? So, uh, yeah, yeah, and there was – before that 90-yard touchdown drive, Tennessee's offense had gotten to midfield basically and then, then had to get – you know, had then had to punt the ball away too, you know, getting something out of that drive – would have would have been nice but but it it just it didn't happen and and I think that there's there's something about just the way that that I think they're getting most of what they can out of what they have defensively I don't know that I have a whole lot of criticism there I I I just I, I think the people who deserve more criticism are the people who typically have more success because they're the people that you rely on to do those things. And, you know, Georgia, what Georgia could do defensively that a lot of teams can't do is, especially with no Tyon Evans in there, and if Evans plays, maybe it's a different story, but whatever, that you have who you have and you don't have who you don't have and you got to play the game. But Georgia could stuff the run with six in the box. And there's just not a lot of teams that can really do that, but that's because – some of Georgia's defensive linemen are like two guys and one, how freaking big they are. Georgia has also really good linebackers. So Tennessee can spread you out as far as you want, but Georgia can stuff the run with six in the box, and that makes it really hard for this offense because we've said going into camp all throughout the season, if you want to beat this Tennessee offense, you have to beat the crap out of it up front. And if you don't, you're going to have a really hard time and Georgia could beat the crap out of it up front, by and large. You know, when it needed to stop the run, it could. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we could circle back to the main – kind of the main point. I mean, this this game sort of went like we thought it would. I mean, I had 34-17 as the final. Uh, you had – I'm not sure what you had. Ryan had 41-17. I, I think I had 42-24, I think, something around those lines, or 45-24. As, as, as much as I want to give Ryan credit. 
I wasn't going to mention it. I was going to totally ignore it. I was going to intentionally ignore it. Well, now that we've brought it up, my my response is, "Hey, Ryan, shut up." Yeah, hey, shut up, Ryan, you idiot. Way to correct the way to correctly I, predict I the hit score. Both my bolds, though. So <laughs> I'm I was just also saying. never going to mention. <laughs> well, how many bolds do you have this season? None. None. Zero. I think I usually get almost like double digits at some seasons. I've had zero this year. This has been, although I may finally have passed you on against the spread picks. Maybe it's close. It's really close. We're, so, we're both very bad. Yeah, we're both, our, our entire staff. We are in, we are covered in shame. We are in, we are embarrassing ourselves with the against the spread picks. So I don't know. Maybe some of our mine and Ramey's basketball picks will, will be better. And we'll mention that again. Uh, there is Tennessee is playing here in just a few hours, basically. Tennessee is hosting ETSU at noon. Grant will be there. Uh, to be honest with you, and this is weird to say, I'm not positive if I'm going to be there or not. I got a family thing that I might have to go do. So, But regardless, Ramey will be there. We'll have coverage of it. Next week, we'll have coverage of Tennessee playing South Alabama, which is maybe a less interesting game than it looked like it was going to be a few weeks ago. We've had some injury issues there at South Alabama. That defense has gone the other way after being so great most of the season. The quarterback, obviously, is dinged up. Uh, and then Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt came back again to it cover the spread late against Kentucky, but that game was over after the first quarter, basically. So it looks like it's going to be a 7-5 and five season, knock on wood, for Tennessee. Uh, so it, it's still nothing about what happened in this game, I think, changes the story of this season. It would have been like an unbelievably sweet cherry on top, um, but – Tennessee had to play a certain way, basically flawlessly, and it didn't do that. So here they are. Do you have any concerns about uh, them switching off the next couple weeks, or or are you like Heupel and Matthew Butler and those guys, and you're not worried about it? No, I I think they'll be okay. I mean, these are games they they should win. Um, Obviously, the the South Alabama situation is uh, they had Jake Bentley, who he's been there since since Bush Jones was the coach of Tennessee. This would have been his third head coach he would have faced against. Uh, yeah, obviously he was a start at South Carolina for three years, transferred mm-hmm. to Utah, and then used his COVID year to, to play for uh, South Alabama. Now the guy that's playing quarterback for him now is uh, he was their starter last season. So he's got with some experience. They also have a, a really good receiver in, in Jalen Tolbert who will be drafted. Um, and their head coach is, is Kane Womack, who was Indiana's uh, defensive coordinator. But uh, they, they kind of struggled a little bit. They lost to, to – they lost to Appalachian State on Saturday. They lost to Troy last week. Um, so again, I, I you know Tennessee will probably be a three touchdown favorite at least. Um, so yeah, to, and that was my first takeaway. You kind of touched on a little bit, but my first takeaway on on the instant takeaways I I put up at the end of the, of the of the game on Saturday was you know this doesn't change anything Tennessee's done right. Tennessee through the first nine games, uh, five and four. I don't want to say exceeded expectations, but, um, you know, you look at the, the sort of the swing games of the season, if there are five of them, they won three of them. And two of them were one possession losses. So, um, yeah, the Florida game, look, it is what it is. If they would play Florida now, probably would be a different result. Um, and that's why when I referenced Florida and something I wrote this week, I said pre-meltdown Florida. Like Florida just gave up 52 points to Sanford. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but b- b- before Georgia basically ended Florida's life, it seems. Well, that, that their their life ended at, at, in Lexington the next week, um, and, and it's funny they. And I think I've mentioned this. 
Link Mullen was talking about how they rested guys against Tennessee and <laughs> yeah. Todd Grantham, who's now unemployed, was talking about how Tennessee's offense wasn't hard, wasn't much of a challenge. Uh, pride cometh before the fall for the Gators, who were in a dogfight with three and five Sanford today. But yeah. uh, look, I mean, this season is, still has a chance to be seven and five. They take care of business. Um, you know, we haven't seen them in a game where they're favored. South Carolina, I guess, but yeah, that's that's, they were. that's still a league game. They were wearing the dark mode jerseys for that game. Uh, you know, it was their first home game in a few weeks, so uh, it was sort of a different situation. We haven't really seen them in one of these kind of non-conference games where it might be easy to to look past or to take a team for granted, whatever. whatever. But um, I, I think they've got good enough leadership. I think they've got good enough focus from what we've seen that they're that they will we should expect them to come out and handle business and it'll be really disappointing if they don't. Now the work they've done means, you know, they kind of get a mulligan, right? If they did screw up one of these games, they could still get to a bowl game. Correct. Which I think if, if you offered that before the season, I think a lot of people would take that. But, uh, and I think a lot more people, if you'd have said seven and five, would have said, sign me up right now without knowing how it went. Oh, hell and yes. That, without question. And, and there's been encouraging things. And I think even as we, uh, as we see how the season has gone, who they haven't had, who they've not had. This is like the fourth game with their first team offensive line through the whole game. You know, you look at some of these other teams, look at Georgia, they've had very few, very little turnover in some of their lineups and the offensive line and the secondary and some of these units where uh, continuity and having the same guys there is so important. You know, Tennessee's had a lot of turnover in both those positions and, and the secondary I think is handled maybe better than the offensive line, but uh, seven and five is still on the table for this team. And, you know, there's been some fun Saturdays for, for this team and for this fan base, right? I mean, beat the crap out of Missouri, beat the crap out of South Carolina. You have the game against Kentucky, which probably gave a lot of people some heart palpitations, but you win it at the end um, against a team that that's, you know, that's kind of a rivalry now, as much as some people might not want to admit it. It oh, is. It is. It is. Um, until in, until Tennessee know. turns into Tennessee again, that's a rivalry. Well, and, the, you know, Tennessee and Kentucky are recruiting a lot of guys. So, um, I mean, there's a lot of guys that, you know, whatever. That's a whole different conversation. But, you know, you have that game. You know, you've had some fun Saturdays. And you kind of knew coming in that this one against Georgia, it had the potential to be not a fun Saturday. And that's how it played out after a, a bit of a bright start that turned out to be sort of a, a false dawn. But um, you can either focus on the scoreboard and say that they were you know, this many points and yards behind. Or if you're trying to find a silver lining, you can say, hey, you know, if these five, six plays go differently, maybe Tennessee's in the game longer. Maybe the scoreboard looks differently. Maybe, you know, that's the thing about the Georgia teams that haven't played a close game in a while. If you got them in a close game, you didn't really know how they would respond, right? Yeah, so that and, was the and, goal. That, and that's what Heupel said. I mean, I, I think he's right. Heupel said, you know, you, you don't – he doesn't question the, the, the preparation of this team, the, the fight of this team, the, the concentration of this team there's just a certain way that you have to play and execute to beat a team like Georgia. And if you don't do it, you're going to lose by a few scores like they did. And, and that's, that's some of the point he made that made me think about the board game. Cause in both those games, if Tennessee makes plays in some key moments, this, the rest of the game plays out differently. Right. And they, they got to find these guys that make these plays right on defense, on offense, they've got some of them on offense, but they're losing some of those guys. So moving forward, they're going to have to replace them. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this was, if you're Tennessee, I think you can be disappointed in this loss, disappointed in the performance. You didn't play your best. You always want to give number one, your best shot. Tennessee will be disappointed that they didn't get 
They didn't give Georgia their best shot. But big picture, I think there's still plenty to play for in these last two games. And I think Tennessee needs to flush this one quickly and move on. That's what I would do, too. And I think we're going to flush this podcast and move on unless you got anything else, Pat. Nope, flush it. Flush it. Let's find that button and let's get out of here. Where is that button? Oh, oh, thank you for joining us, Pat. Let me say that. Thank you, Wes. And thank you all for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan, who called that game exactly to a T with the score, is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Uh, if you want just Tennessee news in your feed, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7, which we update all day, every day. Tons and tons of good stuff on there. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, go get that directly at govals247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vols coverage, where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us. You get all of that, plus you get access to uh, two forms that run round the clock, the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that's not political or religious in nature with us, and we will have fun doing it. Our entire staff, all five of us, we are on there all the time, Tons and tons of stuff you can get from us directly on there. So you get all that, whatever, sometimes a couple dozen or a couple dozen fresh content items in a day between us and our network of hundreds of people out there coast to coast. Best recruiting coverage you're going to get anywhere. Best database uh, that you're going to see in college sports. Best database by far that you're going to see in recruiting. All of that. All of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. And that's after a seven-day free trial you really should go check that out. And if you pay us that ridiculously reasonable rate, you get for free in perpetuity access to Paramount Plus. Used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. That's the streaming arm of us here at CBS Viacom. You get tons and tons of stuff on there. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. Tons of exclusive uh, Paramount Plus shows and movies. And I'm telling you, the shows that are coming to Paramount Plus, that is it's taking it to the next level. There's some some big budgets, big casts, great, great stuff on there. Dramas, comedies, all kinds of stuff. New movies you can only get on there. All that stuff, plus stuff from the catalogs of CBS, obviously. Also MTV, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and Smithsonian. Plus live sports, Vol stuff, SEC stuff, NCAA tournament, March Madness, UEFA Champions League. NFL, UEFA Europa League, Serie A, World Cup qualifying. I could go on and on and on. But the bottom line is, that's a $100 plus annual value commercial free that we give you for free. So basically what I'm saying is the holidays are here. And we've got several hundred dollars worth of stuff that we're going to give you for about 100 bucks a year. That is one of the very best deals that you're going to find anywhere. Only we can give it to you. Go check it out. GoVols247.com. We will direct you where you need to go from there. If nothing else, you should hear from us on Monday. So we'll have some hoops to discuss then, obviously. Football to discuss as the season's wrapping up, getting to uh, an end here with the next couple regular season games. Tons of good stuff. So until then, be good to each other. Try to have empathy. There's no empathy in our world. And uh, stay warm and stay safe out there, guys. Do whatever you got to do. But just uh, there's too many people rude to each other. Be nicer. Have empathy. See you.